sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of a Wednesday live right here all the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is Sports Grid, I am Ben Stevens. A ton to get to here in hour number two. Our daily basis as we check in with Craig Mish around Major League Baseball. A new week on the PGA Tour following the Masters last week in Augusta National. The RBC Heritage, now an elevated event on tour, which means the biggest and brightest stars are back on the course the week following Augusta. That includes our 2023 Masters champion, John Rahm. What does he do for an encore performance? Dubsy Anderson will join us a little bit later here in hour number two. And our guy, Justin Henry, I'm sure very happy on this Wednesday morning that his team, the Lakers, albeit in an ugly fashion, advance to the Western Conference playoffs. And where he resides, the Kings will host a playoff series in Sacramento. A ton to get to here as we continue to preview as well the play-in tournament games we have tonight in the association. But we start with college basketball. Yes, the college basketball season came to a close in 2022-23, just nine days ago, as UConn cut down the nets with a dominant showing all NCAA tournament long as a national champion in Houston, Texas. But some big news already in this offseason. It played out throughout the big dance. We know the transfer portal continues to churn in this new era of collegiate athletics, where NIL is a part of the conversation. And in college basketball, as a season comes to a close, you have the transfer portal and you have college prospects that might be lining up their coming days in the association. Some big news, though, as we forecast next year. As Kyle Filipowski, the big man for Duke, who spent his freshman season in Durham averaging more than 15 points per game, nearly nine rebounds per game, is returning to Durham for John Shire in year number two. Flip, as he is known, will be joined by his fellow freshman classmates last year, sophomores to come in 2023-24, Tyrese Proctor and Mark Mitchell. It is huge news for the Blue Devils as they enter year number two of the John Shire era in Durham. Duke was already going to be a top five team, maybe the number one preseason team entering next year. They solidified that yesterday with Kyle Filipowski announcing his return to Duke. However, there are always ramifications. Duke recruits at one of the highest levels in all of college basketball. So the guy that was maybe going to be the heir apparent to Kyle Filipowski, a five-star recruit from New Jersey. In fact, one of the top 10 in this recruiting class, Mackenzie Mbako, is requesting his release from his national letter of intent, NLI, not NIL, from Duke to reopen his recruitment so with some good there is some bad but it really just makes sense now that the front court for the blue devils with mark mitchell and kyle filipowski a little bit loaded entering next 
years. So it seems a matter of fact at this point, although here we stand in early April before we get to November in a new college basketball season, the Duke Blue Devils will be ranked number one in the preseason AP poll for men's college hoops. And because of all of this good news in Durham, North Carolina, some movement in the odds as well. First, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, our second hour on a Wednesday on the morning after. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So at the conclusion of just last Monday night, nine days ago, Connecticut with a dominant showing throughout the entirety of the 2023 men's big dance opens as a favorite to win their second consecutive national championship. Duke was 13 to one. The Blue Devils have already seen $2 taken off that number. 11 to one. The Blue Devils now co-favorites alongside the Connecticut Huskies. Plus 1100 to win next year's college basketball national championship on the men's side some big news for michigan state this week as well their veterans coming back using their extra year of eligibility malik hall announced he is headed back to east lansing yesterday tyson walker earlier this week for msu tied for the third best price now alongside arizona and kentucky at 15 to 1 it is a changing era of course in college sports about 20 percent of Division I men's college basketball is currently listed in the transfer portal. 24.2% of the NBA signed a free agent deal last offseason. This is free agency, whether you like it or not. It is the reality in collegiate athletics. So structure your organization differently. Put some of your recruiting staff, not on high school kids, but re-recruiting the portal. Hire a GM or structure your organization that benefits your program in the transfer portal where big names are available. Caleb Love leaving North Carolina. He will now play in the Big Ten at Michigan. Kalel Ware will do the same. From Oregon, Indiana, he goes. Tremont Mark from Houston goes to Arkansas and many, many other key contributors. Hunter Dickinson from the Maize and Blue currently in the transfer portal. We had the WNBA draft just two nights ago on a Monday. Stuck loaded with talent the 2024 WNBA class is going to be ridiculous as we see here with the college basketball odds for next year in the women's game Paige Beckers should be back for UConn they're the title favorites Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese return for Iowa and LSU respectively we'll come back on the morning after up next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A new title for today's segment, The Daily Basis. Get it? Bases as in baseball, daily basis with Craig Mish, live right here on this Wednesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens, Craig Mish, the host of Newswire, our Major League Baseball insider across the SportsGrid network, joining us on a daily basis. So, daily basis. Craig, what do you think of our little play on words right there? Listen, I'm, I'm up for any name here on the show as long as it's spelled right. That's my rule on television. As long as they spell it right, I don't care what you call me, what you call us, call anything. Before we go forward here, I know we don't do a, you know you know sports wagering with the Marlins, but I do have to say 
Uh, congratulations yeah. to Luisa Reyes, who hit for the cycle last night, Ben. When the Marlins opened Ooh. up shop in 1993, I was there. And I've been, you know, going to games there since 93, a part of every single season. I've gone to at least a few games, even when I was much younger. And that was the first cycle ever in the history of the franchise. They were the last team to not have one in Major League Baseball. So I wanted to start off with that. I know not really relevant to fantasy or sports betting, but I thought I would bring it up here to start. Certainly so, Craig. Got to keep an eye on Luis Arias, a new acquisition for Miami, and what he might be able to do with the dish the rest of this year. Elsewhere, though, Craig, in Florida, the Tampa Bay Rays continue to win baseball yeah. games. Now, a perfect 11-0 start with a big win yesterday over their interdivision foe in the Boston Red Sox. 7-2 to the final. Shane McClanahan, an ace on the bump. Five innings of work, only allowing one earned run. Did walk four, but struck out nine Red Sox as well. And Craig, Brandon Lau continues his heater at the dish. Four consecutive games with a home run. The Rays blast a ton of long balls yesterday. They win their 11th straight game. Craig, how do you put into words this start for Tampa Bay? Yeah, one of the best we've ever seen, Ben, and the best in the wild card era. There's there's no doubt about that. Their pitching has been great. They're hitting an insane amount of home runs in these games. And and look, the Rays yeah. do generally hit home runs, but to just hit four or five every single night. And Ben, let, let's play the flip side here for a minute here. Uh, you know, they played against Boston last night. Now, remember, Boston's general manager, Ben, is Heim Bloom, the guy who used to run the Tampa Bay Rays. How is he feeling watching this? Having to play on the other side of it and watching the team that he left yeah. go bananas, it cannot be a great feeling. Boston, by the way, Ben, does not look good at the start of the season, in my no. opinion. But uh, Rays getting it done tonight. Their top pitching prospect comes up. Uh, Todd Bradley, we'll see what he has to offer this evening. I'm not particularly sure. It's a rookie start. You never really know. It's not usually something that I advocate. But, you know, the Rays seem content with just throwing anybody out there that they can, bring it in the bullpen. That's been fantastic as well. And, our, and again, as we and as I've said every day here on the show, Ben, the two, the two schools of thought here, my gosh, are you feeling so good taking that Rays win total? I mean, it, it's, it's got to be an unbelievable feeling placing that season-long bet, and you're holding that ticket for 11 and, and And on the other side, you faded the Rays. Oh, they can't do it again. They can't do it again. Well, why do people do this to themselves every single year? They always go over their win total. What a story they have been. And, Craig, really, that's the component we'll discuss in just a moment. But, of course, when you start off a perfect 11-0 with how hot the Rays have been offensively, you find yourself in the history books in Major League Baseball. Their four-home run game yesterday now gives them 29 total as a team this year, matching the 2,000 St. Louis Cardinals for the most homers hit in the first 11 games of a Major League Baseball season. They are now one of four teams since 1901 in the majors to start off a season a a perfect 11 and 0 the major league baseball record a 13 and 0 start the rays are trending toward that so craig you said fade tampa how can they do it well they were the number one seed in the american league postseason in 2020 and 2021 last year a wild card team but a playoff contender once again so 11 and 0 craig is surprising but are you surprised at all by the success tampa bay has shown us this season you know, not particularly, and, and you know, we we just keep talking about this. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it every single day. It's it seems like the Rays themselves and maybe their media that cover them are getting a little annoyed 
with people talking about the fact. Now, look, say what you want about Boston. Boston's better than Washington, even though the, the record doesn't state it. And Boston is definitely better than right. Oakland as well. They don't like hearing that they've had a soft schedule to begin to two teams that are arguably the two worst teams in baseball and then facing uh, a team in the division that could finish last at home. But it's at this point, it simply does not matter. I mean, they're, they're winning these games by four or five runs. It's time to stop talking about that and start talking about just how good they are. Now, what's interesting, Ben, is from a betting perspective. So there are 151 games left for the Rays to play. And if you think about it, Ben, the odds are in your favor that they're going to be favored in more games starting right now until the end of the season, maybe than just about any team in baseball because of the start they've gotten off to. And if that is the case, yeah. and you just blindly bet against the Rays the rest of the year, and they finish just 500, they still finish 11 games over 500 this season, which is a fantastic record for them. So just an interesting tidbit to sort of keep along. I am yeah. of the school of thought, regardless, that you have to fit, you have to start fading a team that has won so many games at the beginning of the season. No indictment on the Rays. I hope they keep winning, but you, you have you can't imagine that they're going to win 120 games this year. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, it's a really good point, Craig. Even if they regress to the mean slightly, they could still have a 25 game above 500 winning record this year, but it just wouldn't be a perfect 11 for 11. All right, let's go elsewhere. Out to the West Coast, up in San Francisco. An old rivalry in Major League Baseball continues on tonight. Clayton Kershaw for L.A. against San Francisco. The Giants blanking the Dodgers last night, Craig, winning 5 nothing. What is your outlook this year for the Dodgers? Work in progress on the offensive side, and the pitching I still think will be fantastic. Kershaw, Urias, they will get that all figured out before the end of the season with the Dodgers. But remember... Uh, you know, when you lose Trey Turner, which they did last year, he went to Philadelphia, and you're sort of just piecing together the mm -hmm. offense a little bit. They were counting on Gavin Lux. He got hurt as well. They're playing this kid, uh, Josh Altman. I think he's got a chance to win Rookie of the Year. His odds went from zero on FanDuel. Now they're up to like 15 or 20 to one. I, I think by the end of the year, this will get figured out. Maybe the Dodgers are not a 103-win team this season. Look, you have to explore that possibility right. just based on what we've seen early on. But there's no team that is better, in my opinion, at the trade deadline uh, than taking your favorite star from your favorite baseball team and adding them to the roster and then simply letting them go at the end of the year. I think the Dodgers will end up doing that. I still have them as the favorite to win the division. The Dodgers right now are the favorites to win the division. They have won the NL West 10 of the last 11 years. Two of the four teams out of the National League West have two of the four best prices to win the National League pennant. That includes the San Diego Padres. Finishing up their series in the midweek, Craig, up at City Field in Queens against the New York Mets. Two of the four best prices between these two teams as well to win the NL pennant. What do you hope to learn from the conclusion of this series, Craig? Yeah, not much. This is a game, I believe, that is usually played where a lot of the backups usually play in a game like this, Ben. It's a day off for a number of players as well. Got to be really careful in the month of April with Wednesday and Thursday afternoon baseball because generally speaking, at the start of the season, all the starters are in until about midway through April. Then you start to see those days get uh, built in and, and, you know, sort of giving guys days off. So, you know, nothing in particular, I don't, I don't think, from this game today, but I know there's a ton of uh, of afternoon baseball. But I, I do like a couple of players tonight in Daily Fantasy, yeah. Ben, so we can take a look at that before we wrap up. 
you know, I, I think the Reds are headed for a big tailspin at this point. I, I personally think the Reds end up the worst team in the National League. The Braves keep beating them late. I think they will again tonight. Spencer Strider over on FanDuel. You just got to pay the price. He's been fantastic. He's striking out everybody, 10,300. And Ben, if a player drives in nine runs in a Major League Baseball game, do you think that I'm not going to do that again tonight? Take Mountcastle, 3,300. <laughs> Certainly so. Nine games, Craig, like you mentioned, of afternoon baseball around the bigs today. Craig Mish, thank you very much. We'll see you on Newswire starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. More of the morning after, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning app. Live right here on this Wednesday on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 1. Five, nine. I am Ben Stevens, but he, he's Dubsy. Dubs Anderson joins us live right here on this Wednesday on TMA. Dubsy, following a major championship, often you expect the field the following week on the PGA Tour to not be all that great. That's not the case this week for an elevated PGA Tour event at the RBC Heritage. We'll look back at Augusta National for the 2023 Masters and look forward to this week as well. But first, we appreciate you as always, Dubsy, joining us here bright and early on this Wednesday morning. Yeah, good to be in the mix, Ben. Good to see him. What a fantastic uh, major it was there last weekend. Good to see John Rambo getting it done on Sunday afternoon. I think it lived up to the billing and gave us a bit of everything. We got to see all the golfers. Doesn't matter what tour they're on, uh, mixing it out there at Augusta National. And yeah. as you mentioned, Ben, this is a week where we don't usually see the big names showing up to the RBC Heritage. But now that we have these elevated events on the PGA Tour, all the big names, all the heavy hitters in attendance, albeit, I guess, Will Zalatoris, uh, he shut it down for the rest of the season. But that's one yeah. thing we could keep in mind with our handicapping. There will be a bit of a hangover for some of the guys we're in contention over the weekend there at Augusta. And for some of the guys who missed the cut after missing out playing in that tough and testing weather, they're going to be coming into this one fresh. No Will Zalatoris for the rest of the year. He underwent back surgery just last week. We hope to see him refreshed and healthy in 2024. No Rory McIlroy this week either, Dubsy, despite missing the cut at the Masters. He withdrew from the RBC Heritage. But let's focus on the 2023 Masters, the second major championship victory for John Rahm, his fourth victory in 2023 on the PGA Tour, and his first green jacket. Dubsy, so many storylines and narratives entering last week at Augusta National. The heavyweight showdown on Sunday between Brooksy and John Rahm. A marathon Sunday featuring 30 holes of action. Slow play. Patrick Cantley, this is not your local Muni. Pick it up. Live golf versus the PGA Tour. So, Dubs, as John Rahm puts on the green jacket inside Butler Cabin, what will you remember most from the 2023 Masters? I think uh, John Rahm out Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. I mean, he's now got that big game mentality where anyone who gets in his way is just going to uh, be pushed to the side. And for Brooks Kepka, I mean, he showed up with his best stuff, which I didn't think he had 
left in you know left in him anymore but he had a recent win so he came in there ready to go but for John Rahm you know you always need a big set of shoulders to win on the biggest stage of them all he showed us that he is having a phenomenal season this is going to be right up there with some of the uh you know landmarks that we've seen from Tiger Woods and I don't think he's done yet I think this is just going to propel him even further at the other major championships we got coming up the next one being the U.S. Open but this is what John Rahm does. There's no golf course that can bring him undone. There's no weakness. And now yeah. mentally up top, he's building more and more confidence. So he is a dangerous man. It was a tournament where we came into it talking about the big three, Scotty Scheffler. Can he go back to back? Roy McIlroy, is he the best golfer in the world right now? I think John Rahm put to bed any of those claims that he is the top dog in professional golf right now. And I guess the biggest disappointment from the week was probably Roy McIlroy uh, laying an egg there, not even making it through to the weekend. Yeah. So again, Roy came in with a lot of expectation. I don't think he's comfortable being that guy, but John Rahm absolutely is. And now he's got his green jacket to prove it. Dubsy, you mentioned it. The big three entering the week, but Rombo had the third best price to win the Masters in 2023. Plus 850 entering the event, a dollar and a half behind Rory McElroy and Scotty Scheffler. John Rom, four victories this year on the PGA Tour in the calendar year of 2023. And as Dubs just said, proving he is the best golfer on the planet when he plays at this level. Again, one of the narratives, Dubsy, despite a disappointing Sunday for Brooks Kepka, was live golf versus the PGA Tour. How would these live golfers now fare on a major championship level, knowing their series, not all that competitive? They only have to play 54 holes. There are no cuts and guaranteed money. Well, Brooks Kepka, despite that disappointing Sunday, still finishing in a tie for second with who? Phil Mickelson? Both at eight under par and Patrick Reed, a top five finish at well, tying for fourth at seven under. Dubs, what did the live guys prove to you this past week at Augusta? I think they proved to all of us they can still play. They put a lot of credit and a lot of respect on this live product, which a lot of people were trying to put holes through. And I mean, these professional golfers are still professional golfers. They're going to show up. They know how to gear up for these major championships, even if they're not playing uh, as much tournament golf, if they're not playing 72 holes. Look, you know, a, a lot of these storylines, I'd believe you if you told me this week, Ben, but I guess the hardest one to get the head around was Phil Mickelson going lights out there yeah. on Sunday to finish uh, as high as he did there, a joint runner-up. And 12 of the 18 live golfers punched their ticket through the weekend. As we uh, as we spoke about, Brooks, he was riding the conversation. Cameron Smith didn't have his best stuff, but lefty, Phil. And it's one thing we spoke about going into the tournament. It's one thing we'll keep in mind moving through the rest of the PGA Tour season. Some of these golf yeah. courses that we return to every year, especially Augusta being the only one for the majors that goes back to every 12 months, course history is massive for us in the golf betting. Mm. Phil Mickelson, it's a course that he's figured out uh, in the past here. And good to see Lefty get a bit of confidence back. And it felt like we we're going back a couple of years where everyone got along, everyone was having a good time, and it was all about the golf being played on the golf course and not what's happening yeah. outside of the rope. So I enjoyed it. And the focus was on the tradition that is unlike any other at Augusta National Golf Club, the Masters. And that was a beautiful thing to see. I think the live golfers, Dubsy, enjoyed the heat of competition once again we'll see what it means moving forward through the rest of this major championship season but again an elevated event 
on the PGA Tour the week following the Masters, which means the biggest names in the sport outside of Rory McIlroy, who had to withdraw from this tournament, will be in the field this week in Hilton's head in South Carolina. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, co-favorites at plus 850 Dubsy, entering the 2023 RBC Heritage. What do you expect this week, the week following the Masters? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to go against some of these uh, you know, big names. I, I think they're uh, going to be fired up. They're playing some really good golf. But I do think the ones that are in the mix, they, they could be a little tired coming into this spot. Scotty Scheffler, is the motivation going to be there? Is he going to be kicking stones for John Rahm? Is the party still going? But out of one of those big names, Patrick Cantlay, who we mentioned at the top of the segment, Ben, he was copping a very hard time over the weekend post-Masters about his slow play. And yes, he is a very slow player. And I think that did uh, really harm Brooks Kepka's chances, a guy who likes to play yeah. fast on the golf course. But if you fire up a guy like Patrick Cantlay, he is going to serve it back to you. And this is a golf course where he was riding the mix last year, went to a playoff with Jordan Spieth, the RBC Heritage. This is the one where they give out that disgusting red plaid blazer to your winner and the cannons go off in the background but uh what one thing yeah. we always see here it's about keeping it in play you need some fantastic iron play out the big names up top i think patrick Cantlay now being fired up fourth in greens in regulation second in strokes going off the tee he knows how to keep it in play and that putting if it starts to come back to vintage patrick Cantlay, i think he could be there sunday afternoon his own playing partner on Sunday for that final round at Augusta. Victor Hovland was not pleased with the pace of play from Patrick Cantlay. They were waiting on a ton of shots as well. The amateur Sam Bennett, not exactly the fastest player ever as well. But a ton of focus this week will be on the Masters champion, John Rahm. It's a weird thing to see the Masters champion following all of the celebrations that come with winning a green jacket in the event the very next week. So, Dubsy, what do you expect John Rahm will do for a follow-up this week at the RBC Heritage? Well, okay, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he uh, missed the cut. You know, it's it's very taxing both on the golf course, especially that weather we saw the guys playing through. They had to go through weather yeah. delays. He's celebrating with friends and family. I mean, winning the Masters is massive for any golfer. Um, but for, you know, the, the, the Spanish... The, uh, you know, the Spanish bull, John Rambo, this is as big as it gets. He's seen Seve do it before him, Sergio Garcia. So I imagine the party is still going. Look, I'm not high on John Rahm having a strong finish. I think he could make it through the weekend. But if you want to live a little and get a little adventurous, bank on John Rahm not even making it through to Saturday. It would be quite a shock, but it doesn't actually be, it wouldn't actually be all that surprising, Dubsy, given the fact that all of his focus was on the Augusta National Golf Club last week and putting on that green jacket. So you gave us some plays on the outright board. Who are a couple of long shots, Dubsy, and where else are you looking this week at the RBC Heritage? Yeah, I think Russell Henley sneaks under the radar. Fantastic iron play. And this golf course, it's it's chess, not checkers. Just keep it in play. You can't overpower it. You've got to move it both ways. So I think uh, Russell Henley at a nice big number there at 40 to 1. I think Maverick McNeely still searching for that breakthrough win at 120 to 1 is a massive bomb play. And Colin Morikawa, you know, he showed some better form there again last weekend. Thrives mm -hmm. at the major championships. He's had three starts here, three cuts made, but his last win was the Open Championship back in 2021, and that's not good 
for Colin Morikawa. It's not good enough for, uh, you know, one of the best golfers in the world right now. Still second in driving accuracy, second in strokes gain on approach. So if he can just figure it out around the greens where there's not a lot of trouble this week, he can sort of play it along the ground. I think at 18 to 1, for pedigree like Morikawa, he's going to be right in that mix. And if you're looking for a couple of finishing position plays, Jordan Spieth, this kid doesn't need extra motivation. There's no such thing as a hangover when you've got that dog in you. Even money for Spieth for a top 20 finish. And then Christian Bezayden now at plus 440, the South African scrambler to finish inside that top 20 and also get him as top South African at plus 135. A couple big plus money plays for the first round leader as well. Spieth alongside Phil in that final round on Sunday at Augusta, giving us an absolute thrill in a show. Dubsy Anderson, you do the same each and every time you're on the morning after. We'll talk again very soon. More of the show up next, live right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Around the association once again. Live right here on this Wednesday on the morning after on sports grid a reaction to last night's play in tournament action what it means for the rest of the western conference playoffs and out east and more play in tournament games on this wednesday evening as well thank you for joining us here on this wednesday on sports grid we welcome on our good friend justin henry back into the mix live right here on tma you can see the lid that he has today it has often been the lakers purple and gold but today the dark blue and the light blue that the Lakers used to wear in Minneapolis before they moved to L.A. And they had the better, at least in overtime, of the team from Minneapolis last night in Los Angeles as the Lakers win 108-102 in overtime. Justin Henry, I'm sure you are ecstatic and maybe a little bit tired on this Wednesday morning as well. <laughs> A little tired and uh, a little stressed, man. Last night was a nail-biter, and, you know, the Minneapolis Blue, we kind of owned them last night, so I got to, you know, had to throw it back a little bit to the, the city we used to own, but the Lakers game last night, man, it was incredible to see this team come back from 20 down. Like, it was, I thought for sure this game in the third quarter was starting to slip away, uh, but the resilience yeah. of this team is kind of what we've seen all season long from this Lakers team. Everybody wanted to count us out, the play-in tournament, the playoffs, and yet and still, we're now here in the seventh seed. So, uh, LeBron kind of took this team on his shoulders there in the third quarter. We saw some great play out of role uh, players. AD turned it up a little bit. Uh, but I was, you know, looking at that Minnesota team, they were shooting lights out. Mike Conley was in a different stratosphere last, last night. Torian Prince uh, was shooting the, the ball crazy last night. But... Uh, we didn't see the play out of Anthony Edwards that I expected to see. And it was a little, no. you know, for a player that's coming into his own, I was kind of shocked to see that. There was an absence as well, of course, for Minnesota without Rudy Gobert or Jaden McDaniel. So you expected Ant to step up. He had the highest points prop for the T-Wolves last night, 27 and a half. He finishes with nine. Three of 17 from the field. He'll look to correct that quickly as the T-Wolves will take on the winner of tonight's game between the Pelicans and the Thunder on Friday night, trying to still claim that eight seed in the Western Conference playoffs. But we go to Los Angeles. You mentioned LeBron James. 27 points, Justin, at the end of three quarters. 
only three, but a crucial three to tie the game at 95, all in the final minute of regulation for LA last night. 30 points for LeBron in the fourth of the last five games for the Lakers. Is there enough in your estimation, Justin Henry, for LA to make a run in the Western Conference playoffs? Well, I think the stage is set. So he's obviously prepared for Memphis in his post game yesterday. He went crazy talking about all the, the players and statistics for the, for the entire Memphis Grizzlies organization, it felt like. Uh, but I do think LeBron is ready for this. It's year 20. And he's playing at the same level that he was even earlier in his career. We're seeing him drop very similar numbers that he has in production. And he had a little bit of time. It's quote unquote rest, but he was dealing with that injury over the last part of the season. Yeah it probably gave him a little bit of win to come in here for this playoff run. So I expect the same LeBron we've always seen in the playoffs, maybe dialed down a little bit, but as we saw yesterday, there's ability for him to turn it on. He could still get up there. He could still make the right play during crunch time, which is what you expect out of LeBron James. So he, he passed up the game winner. Dennis Schroeder potentially should have hit that, the so-called game winner. But at the end of the day, yeah. we know LeBron's going to make the right play, uh, take the right shots. And he could still score 30 points a night if needed. So year 20 LeBron, I think he's ready for a deep postseason run. 30 points, 10 boards for LeBron James, 24 points, 15 rebounds for Anthony Davis, who emerged in that second half as well, certainly with a lot of the foul trouble for Carl Anthony Towns on the other side. Obviously, both of these guys, AD and LeBron, are crucial for Los Angeles if they even want to get out of the first round and pull off the upset over the Memphis Grizzlies. But Justin, as you break down the Lakers' rotation, who do you think is more vital for the Lakers having success in the playoffs? I think we know what to expect from LeBron James and his point total, his his resume, it all speaks for itself. But Anthony Davis, we've seen inconsistently uh, be a part of this Laker team for throughout the course of the year. We've seen the version that looked like an MVP candidate. We've seen the one that gets injured quite frequently. Uh, we've seen the one that can be a supporting role player. So going up against Memphis with Defensive Player of the Year candidate Jaron Jackson, it's going to be a tough matchup for Anthony Davis in this next series. But I think he can prevail. And in order for this Laker team to go back to that 2020 championship and revisit the NBA Finals, it'll take AD staying healthy and also being that second player more closer to the MVP level uh, than we've seen the inconsistent AD. So the 2-7 matchup in the Western Conference is now set. The Memphis Grizzlies will host the Lakers on Sunday for the opening game of this opening round. The Grizzlies a three-point favorite for game number one in the Grind City on Sunday afternoon. A minus-130 favorite is Memphis, Justin, to win this series outright. How do you believe L.A. and Memphis match up in this first round of the playoffs? Well, it should be pretty even across the board. Like Memphis is that gritty team. They'll, they'll have home court, so that'll be an advantage for them. But the Lakers did just get kind of the first punch in the playoff. Like, they felt the playoff atmosphere. And so Memphis is going to have to feel that as well. I'm sure the, the building will be electric, uh, but the Lakers are now ready. They've already experienced a playoff game. So I think both of these teams match up very evenly. It'll be a matter of, you know, is John Morant, John Morant and Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain, enough to stop the, the duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So while this Grizzlies team is battle-tested, so I think this... This, this postseason run means a lot for the Los Angeles Lakers. There's a lot riding yeah. on this, and I think there's a lot legacy-wise for LeBron James. So I think they have players to, to at least make this a competitive series. I could see this being an extended series six or seven games.
Right now, Memphis at a 7-1 to number has a better price than L.A. to win the Western Conference crown, but the Lakers have a better price than the Grizzlies to win the NBA championship, 20-1 to versus 22-1. to Now to the Eastern Conference, the first 7-8 matchup in play in tournament action last night in South Beach. It seemed like both underdogs would prevail at a certain point, certainly following Atlanta's victory on the road in Miami. They win by double digits, 11 in fact, Justin, outright as a five-point underdog. What stood out to you most about the Hawks' performance on the road with their victory over the Heat? Well, it's just their resilience, and this team has a lot of rumors going around about them. Is Trey Young going to be traded? Um, they, were, they were the away team, and it's like this team is battle-tested. We've seen this Atlanta Hawks team in the playoffs make a deep run. So they're not some first-time team into the playoffs. This is a veteran team in the playoffs now, and they kind of stunned, I think, this Miami Heat team where – they put it on them early. They were able to absorb uh, a heat run there in the second half. And so I think this Hawks team is ready to go in at least into the playoffs and make it a competitive series against the Celtics. Now, whether they can sustain that through an entire series, I don't know. But I do know that this team does not quit. I do know that this team has the talent and they're well coached by Quinn Snyder. So I expect them to be competitive in this first round series. The biggest spread for any series, the biggest outright number in a team's favor to advance to the conference semifinals is Boston currently against Atlanta. Minus 1,000 for the Celtics to just win the series outright. The most likely outcome as the odds makers see it, Justin, the Celtics in five. It's a plus 170 number. Saturday afternoon, game number one in Beantown inside TD Garden. And the C's currently a nine-point favorite against Atlanta. What do the Hawks need to do if they are going to make this game and potentially the series, Justin, competitive at all? Well, the Celtics team has been playing really good basketball since since January. A little up and down, but towards the second half of this second half of the season, they've been playing a lot better basketball. But this Atlanta Hawks team did the same thing I mentioned with the Lakers. This Atlanta Hawks team has now experienced the playoff atmosphere already. So they'll be ready to go. And if they can go steal one, all they have to do is steal one here on the road uh, in these first two games, I think they can make this a series a lot better than that minus 1,000 number indicates. So I, I don't have them quite winning the series, but I do think it could go more than five games. And I think this Atlanta Hawks team is a little undervalued just because the turmoil and storylines that have been going on with them yep. this season, they're not meeting expectations. They were supposed to be there in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference. And now we see them in the play-in tournament as the seventh seed heading into the playoffs. I think there's yep. a little bit of value there. 25 points, eight boards, seven assists for Trey Young last night. We know he thrives in playoff basketball. DeJounte Murray, his backcourt mate, 18 points as well. We'll see if we get a series in the opening round between the Celtics and the Hawks. Two more games in play in tournament action tonight. The 9-10 matchups. The winners of these two games tonight will take on the losers of last night's game out east. We have the Bulls and the Raptors. We'll get to that in a moment. In the Western Conference, the youth, the youth movement, excuse me. The Pelicans were in the play-in tournament last year. They emerge out of it to be the eighth seed in the playoffs. Here they are once again, still without Zion Williamson. Oklahoma City, probably not expected to be here, Justin Henry, but here the Thunder find themselves as a five-and-a-half-point uh, underdog tonight, excuse me, on the road in the Big Easy. What is the approach for this game tonight between Oklahoma City and New Orleans? 
Well, I think the Thunder can th make this thing close. And we've counted them out all season. It's like they were the team that was sitting there in the play and we said, you know what? They're gonna get bounced out. We'll see a team like Dallas come in there and take their spot. They're playing for draft picks. They're playing for the future. And it's like, no, this team is playing for right now. And even though they are young, I think they can make this a competitive game against this Pelicans team who has been in the playoffs before, who is a little bit experienced, but down one key player that probably needs to be there in the lineup with them in Zion Williamson. Now, this Pelicans team is strong enough, I think, to overcome not having Zion on the floor, uh, but we're going to need to see big performances out of, Baron, out of Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum in order for this Pelicans team to move on. Yeah. Defensively, they're going to be right. They're a gritty team, and they bring playoff atmosphere a lot of times when they play even in the regular season. But don't think that this Thunder team doesn't have a chance tonight against the Pelicans because they do. And just because they're a little bit more youthful and they don't have the same playoff experience, I wouldn't count them out of this one. The Thunder were the second best cover team in the NBA last year. OKC this year, a 57% cover percentage in regular season games. Third best around the association. All right, the first game up in the Eastern Conference in Toronto. The Raptors host the Bulls. The line has worked in favor of Toronto. They're now a six-point favorite at home tonight against Chicago. Both of these teams, Justin, not playing tournament teams last year, just straight playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. What do you expect this time around? I expect a little bit of what we saw to Miami and Atlanta. Like, I expect this to be a team where we, we see neither of these teams give up, you know, and whether one of them gets a big lead or not, these are both gritty teams who should have been in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference. Now, the Raptors are at home where they're a very tough team. Uh, they don't turn the ball over a whole lot, and they have a lot of the wing defenders that can keep up with the Zach Levines and the DeMar DeRozans. So I expect the Raptors to, to kind of own this matchup a little bit, but don't think that the, the Chicago Bulls can't keep this close. They've been playing really well this, you know, towards the end of the season, trying to get to that playing tournament. They had to work their way into it. So I think that the Raptors do win this game, but I expect Chicago to keep it close, even if they do get behind a little bit. They struggled with them at times during uh, the series this season when they played. Uh, DeRozan kind of struggled, but I think they can step up a little bit today uh, when they play. Both games last night going under. The total for Chicago and Toronto is the lowest we have seen in the play-in tournament, down by two points, now two, 12 and a half. Whoever wins between the Raptors and the Bulls will take on the Heat. Whoever wins that will play the Milwaukee Bucks, the best team in the NBA this regular season. Justin Henry, thank you very much for your time. As always, congrats to LA and have fun in Sacramento the next few days as well. We round out the show next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out our two hours together here, live on this Wednesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us all Wednesday long. Another night of postseason basketball in the NBA. Not the playoffs, but the play-in continues tonight. Tournament action between the 9 and 10 seeds in each 
Conference. First up in Toronto, it's the Raptors as the nine seed, hosting the 10 seed, the Chicago Bulls. Toronto right now a six-point favorite. The over-under working its way down. The total just 212 and a hook. The second game of the evening in the Big Easy in NOLA, it's the Pelicans hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Pels a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The total stands at 226 and a half. Yesterday, we gave you a same-game parlay for play in tournament action. LeBron James over his points prop of 28 and a half. That hit, he scored 30. Jimmy Butler over his assist prop of six and a half. He had nine. Dimes in the under in the first game of the Atlanta Hawks in the Miami Heat. That came under as well. Plus 690. Let's look for some more same game parlay fun. We'll do that before we say farewell and goodbye. It's time for bye bye bye. So again, it's an examination. Now in postseason basketball, the defensive intensity picks up. And the Pelicans have the fifth highest under percentage of this year. More than 53% of their games falling under. It's the highest total of the night at 226.5. So this is the game we use. Under 226.5 between New Orleans and Oklahoma City. I also expect B.I. Brandon Ingram to go off for New Orleans. He needs to score at least 30 points. So for him to register 30, add that to the same game parlay, and then go to the first game. Nikola Vucevic for Chicago to record at least 10 rebounds. Put that all together. A plus 490 payout for you on the FanDuel Sportsbook. A same game parlay for play in tournament fun. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a Thursday starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time live right here on Sportsbook. I'm Ben Stevens. Talk to you.